You have found the podcast of Tressler Mennonite Church. Each week we replay the sermon from our Sunday morning service so that anyone who may have missed the sermon can catch it later. This sermon was from January 30th, 2022. This week our regular service was cancelled due to snow, so our sermon was recorded and presented over Facebook video. This podcast is the audio from that video. You may notice that the audio quality is slightly less than normal because of this. The message opens with a reading of the day's scripture passage, which is Ephesians 5:21 through 6, 9. Good morning. I hope you're enjoying the snow. Let's open with a word of prayer this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for just the opportunity to look into your word this morning. I pray that your spirit would speak to us, Father, and that you would just empower us to live lives that are honoring to you and that will show those around us the the love that you have for us and the love that we can have for them. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in this way this morning. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So we're going to continue our study in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles and would like to follow along, I think that'd be great. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 is where we left off last week. Um, we're going to be moving into verse 9 of chapter 6. So Ephesians 5 starting at verse 21. Paul writes, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. 
Back in chapter 4, verse 32, we looked at a little while back, Paul had challenged the Ephesians to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And it was a challenge for us to examine our relationships and the way that we treat others. Last week, Jeremy looked at the beginning part of chapter 5. We were called to be imitators of God in the way that we live, and that our lives should begin to reflect, and should, they should look differently than they did before, um, as we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. And all areas of our life will be affected. Uh, there was a call to put away and to not have anything to do with immorality, impurity, greed, filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, coveting, and, and many others. Um, there's no, there's no place in the life of the believer who is walking in the Spirit for these things. Uh, we were challenged to not be drunk on wine, but instead to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to live in and through us. And that will in turn also affect our relationships, the way that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to live, um, to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, as we were challenged in verse 32 of verse 4, remembering the way that we have been forgiven and allow that to affect our relationships. So verse 21 picked up, and Jeremy hit it last week, and we're going to cover it again as well today, to be subject to one another. There's a submission that takes place as a Christian in the way that I relate to other people, that I begin to submit, that I'm subject to them. And that's a word that we sometimes don't like, but it is a word that we are called to, to willingly surrender our rights and to willingly begin to serve others, not to dominate people uh, when we're placed in a role of authority that we don't use it as to um, accomplish our goals and use them in a way that looks out for our interests and our needs. It says, but no, we willingly, we, we submit and we subject ourselves to one another as a way of, of caring for them. And we do this out of fear or in the fear of Christ. It's out of reverence for Christ, as verse 21 mentions there at the end of it, in the fear of Christ. That's how we do it. We do it because of what Christ has done for us. Out of our reverence for Christ and the way that he has loved us, it begins to affect all of our relationships. And we're going to look at some of the closer relationships now and then this part of chapter 5 in the beginning of verse 6 that the Holy Spirit living in us is going to affect the closest relationships that we have. Um, the husband and wife relationship. The children and parent relationships. And then also he, he talks about slaves and masters. Or if, it, if it helps sometimes when we look at this, we even think about an employee or employer situation. But any situation in life where you are given a position of authority or where you're placed under someone's authority, we're going to be modeling Christ in all of those relationships, the relationships that we struggle with sometimes to show respect, the relationships where we tend to want to lord our authority over others. Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit is going to empower us to live differently than the world does, and we actually get to model for the rest of the world what it's like to be a Christian and a follower of Christ. And it's going to, Our relationships should look different as we allow the Holy Spirit to live in and through us. So verses 22 to 24, Paul is, is calling the wives to some pretty hard things here. And I'll, I'll read it again. It says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Um, 
one of the commentaries I looked at pointed out that it's not that they're to treat you, the wives are to treat their husbands like he is the Lord, but it's as to the Lord is referring to out of, again, out of reverence to him as service to the Lord, you're going to submit to your own husband. Again, hard words, and I, I wish sometimes that Paul would have spoken to the husbands first. Um, seems to make a little better sense, but I'm not one to question but there is a, a challenge there for the wives to be willing to submit out of reverence for Christ to the, to their husbands. Um, but it, it is, again, a, a hard thing to, to understand and to completely understand, um, to, to be able to grasp. I don't believe that Paul is calling their wives to allow their husbands to live in sin or to neglect being anything less than what God has called them to and the role that their husband is to be. I don't think that's what Paul is referring to here is to allow abuse and such things to take place and say that, oh, that you need to submit. We know that many times men have, have used this verse in negative ways, but I believe it's actually a call for women to be able to, to submit in a way that honors Christ and to um, reflect what it is that he has done for, for each of us and they get to portray that to the world and the role that God has given but it's, it's out of the reverence for Christ. But it's not enough. It's not a license for them to just to, to sit back and allow their husbands, again, to be anything less than what God has called them to be. The part of this, this passage that I believe is, is also hard and is one that I know speaks to me and I believe to us as men in the church, as husbands, uh, but even if, if you're not, if you're single, I think there's applications that we can make from all of this. Um, so we, we pick up um, in verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. He loved the church in such a way that he willingly surrendered his life. He willingly laid down his rights and took on the form of a man and came and was willing to sacrifice his life. He is the model for how we as husbands are to love and care for our wives. You know, as even while we were dead in our transgressions and sins, Christ loved us. And I think that we need to willingly surrender and lay down our lives for our wives in a way that shows the love that Christ had for us. You know, we don't sit back and wait for our wives to get everything together and to make it right. We willingly step in and say, you know, I will love my wife the way that Christ loved me. Um, and that is a, a call and a responsibility that is given to the husband is to willingly surrender and to lay down my lives. I believe that we as husbands have not done a good job at loving our wives the way that Christ loved the church. I believe that the church, and not just our church, the church in general would look completely different if wives, and, and sorry, if husbands began to live this out in a real and a practical way. Um, willingly laying down our lives, that means being willing to give up the things that I want, the things that I think that I need, the things that I deserve, instead be more concerned about the needs and cares and wants and desires of my wife than I am my own. Um, a huge challenge for us as husbands, but we have the perfect model. And it's, it's the way that Christ loved us. And that as, as leaders, as, as ones in the home that are, sometimes we like that idea of, you know, I'm the leader. Um, I've shared before, but I believe that being the leader means that you get to be the first. Yeah, you get to be the first to say that I'm sorry when something is, is wrong. You get to be the first one that sees something that needs to be done and you jump up and take care of it. You don't sit back and wait for your wife to have to take care of it. Um, you begin to, 
to see and say, you know, I, I can surrender. I can, I can look out and care more about your needs than what it is that I think I'm entitled to as husband. Um, and we begin to live this way. I think sometimes we make it almost impossible or hard for the wives to be able to respect and to submit. And we make it much harder for them to live this out because we are unwilling to follow through and to do what God has called us to do first. And that is to surrender and to lay down our lives in a way that honors them and it honors him. And Paul is telling them, so like, this is what your relationship should look like as husbands. Um, a challenge to, to willingly lay down your life. You know, we don't even like to be uncomfortable, let alone begin to lay down our lives. We don't even begin to, to care for our wives near as much as we care for ourselves. But he says, be willing to lay down those things that you think you deserve, those rights that you think you have. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it just as Christ also does the church because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is also to love his own wife as he himself, wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. It is a, a hard thing to understand and to grasp, but it, and he refers it to it as a mystery, but we are modeling the way that Christ came and was willing to sacrifice and love the church when we as husbands are willing to step up and to begin to love and care for our wives the way that Christ did. There's a willingness to lay down and to give up things that, that perhaps we've been holding on to, cares more about what the wife wants enjoys them what we're entitled to as men. We see that and it reflects and it will point to the world and to our families, just the love that God has for us. We struggle with men to, to love our wives this way. Um, I think it's probably why God designed the bodies that the wife is the one that cares for and carries the baby. Um, we as men don't like pain. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We will look for ways to get out of it. And Paul here is, is reminding the men that they are to be willing to lay down and to surrender and to give up the things that sometimes we hold on to as men and we don't love our wives the way that we should. So I think that our church, I believe that the church in general would look very different if we as men would begin to practice this, um, you know, take the opportunities that we have to, to love our wives in a real tangible way, not just to say that we love them, but again, to live it out and to say, you know what, I don't, I don't have to have this. I can I can give that up and, and be willing to begin to surrender and care for them like we do our own bodies. We love taking care of ourselves. When I'm hungry, I make sure that I get something to eat. Um, it shows. But do I care the same way for my wife? Like, do I do I see her needs and begin to care for as much as her needs as I do my own? Um, I think that we, as, as all the men at, at Tressler, could do a better job at, at loving our wives in a real and tangible way. Maybe you'll have opportunities to do that today if you're at home, don't have to go to work today, didn't, didn't come to church. Uh, maybe there's ways that you can truly love and care for and put the needs of your wife ahead of your own. Um, it's a, a challenge for us to be a model of the way that Christ loved us. Chapter 6, he then 
speaks to the children. So if there's any children listening, um, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's a call for young people to, to obey and to honor our parents. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. A, a challenge there for, for young people to begin to honor and to obey your parents. And I know sometimes this is a hard thing as well to do. Maybe the rules they placed on us don't always make sense. We don't quite understand why it is that they place the restrictions on us or why they ask us to do the things they do. But to begin to obey out of reverence again for the Lord, I think the same thing applies, that you're doing this because of your love for the Lord and what he has done for you. He then jumps back to the, to the men and says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but give but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I believe that we as fathers, we provoke our children to anger when we live a double life, when we, we say one thing, but yet we live out another, when we um, call them to act one way and require that they act one way, but we live another. It's, the end result is going to be children that are angry. Um, I know for me, it, it shows up sometimes when I hear my children sounding exactly like I do. When I hear them hollering at each other the way that I perhaps may yell at them, and I'm telling them not to yell but I realize it sounds an awful lot like I just spoke to them. But I, I think that is a way that we can not provoke our children to anger is to not call them to a double lifestyle, but to examine our life and not ask them to do things that we ourselves are not willing to do. Um, lots of other ways I'm sure that we can provoke our children to anger. But instead, we're called to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I think this is also a very clear call that, that as fathers, as parents, at least for both of us, that we are to, to raise and instruct and to bring up our children in the Lord, like to begin to train them to, to honor the Lord. And it, it requires us doing the same work in our own lives, but to really be there and to challenge our children to not just sit back and wait and hope that one day maybe they'll make a decision for the Lord. One day they'll, you know, they'll make the decision. Like we are training them. We are, we are disciplining them in the instruction of the Lord. That is a role that we have been given. And I think we need to take it seriously. Um, you know, as a, as a parent of four, it's, it's a struggle. And I, I realize that don't have the experience of what it's like to raise and to have, I haven't, they're not to adulthood yet, but I, I, seen and I'm sensing and even hearing in this passage just the call to to be there and to to be a part of their life and to, to step in and to to be the one that says you know no we cannot this is not how we're going to live our life we're going to honor the Lord in our decisions and again living it out by example but also being there to to discipline and to train um, some of our kids are playing basketball now if you've ever been in, in athletes or in athletics of any sport of any kind, there's a training that takes place. The coaches don't just send them out there and, and hope they figure out how to play. They, they go back and they look at what was happened that wasn't right. And there's a constant training and learning. And that should be how it is spiritually with our children. It is our job. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, it's a, a job and a role that we've been given and we should take seriously as, as parents. Then moves into yet another hard topic for, for us to understand and completely wrap our minds around, but um, the idea of slaves and masters. Um, we oftentimes, we, you know, obviously there's no slavery in our culture right now. Um, so we sometimes maybe think this doesn't apply to us, but I, I believe it would apply to any situation where we are under someone's authority 
or where we are in a position of authority. I believe the same is true. So slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and the sincerity of heart as to Christ. So again, they're serving the master. They're serving the one that they're under authority, and we are to do the same. When we're under someone's authority. We're serving as though we are serving Christ, not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So we are doing what God is calling us to do, not just when they're looking, not when the one that we're under their authority is, is able to see, but when no one is looking, we are doing it as though we are serving Christ. Um, you know, as Christians, this should mark our lives in our, in our places of employment. Um, anytime that we find ourselves under someone's authority, we are serving the Lord in the way that we serve them. And that, that can be a very hard pill to swallow sometimes. But it is, is one that I believe Christ is calling us to. And I think the other is the same as well. Um, let, me, let me finish it out here. Not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And the call to, to masters, or I would say to if you have, are in a position of authority, do the same thing to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. So when you find yourself in a position of authority, I believe the same thing goes back, that we actually begin to serve those that we're over authority and that we care about them, remembering that we are under the authority of Christ and he loved us and he cared for us. And so being in a position of authority is not an opportunity for me to, again, push my wants, my desires, and an opportunity for me to, to use people. It is an opportunity for me to, to share and to um, be a model of how Christ loves us while I am serving and caring for them. And being a model to the world around us so that others can see that even in a position of authority, I'm willing to care and to submit, really, as we talked about back in verse 21, out of my reverence for Christ, I'm willing to, to be in submission to their needs and their wants and their desires and care about them. It doesn't necessarily mean giving everything that everyone wants all the time, but it is, is caring about them and loving them in a way that models who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. So I know this is, there's some hard things that have been, shared here. Um, there's some practical ways that we can really begin to love others and love those that are in some of the closest relationships we have in our families, in our workplaces, um, those that we come in contact with that might not be the easiest to love. There's a willingness to submit and to love and to care for them. Um, and it's hard. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if none of you hit the like button. Um, probably would show that you didn't watch it actually after watching this. Because um, these are hard things to to understand and to, to, to really take into and to begin to apply day in and day out, um, caring for and putting the needs of others ahead of myself so that I can honor Christ and, and what he has done for me. It's, it's a challenge that is real. And I think a challenge that we need to take seriously in, in all of the closest relationships. And if the Holy Spirit is leading us, it will affect some of these closest, it will affect the closest relationships in our lives and it will branch out into the other areas of our lives and people will be able to see what it is that Christ has done in us, and we'll also want to know him more. You have been listening to the Tressler Mennonite Sermon from January 30th, 2022. 
The passage was from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, through chapter 6, verse 9. Take care. <laughs>